Hi there! Hello, friend. You're listening to The Spare on the Air! On the internet. My voice is not cracking. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I'm Gary. And I'm Angie. And today, we have with us a very special guest. Would you like to introduce them, Gary? Yes, I worked with this band many, many years ago. One of the first ever in my radio career. And... This one's cool because I met this person in a debate class like six years ago in a community college. So it's going to be a fun one. We got Hunter Allen of Chase Petra, Long Beach Locals. And to introduce Chase Petra, we got their song from their album Liminal, the song in an emergency such as the end of the world. But before that, we got a brand new song from Despair alumni, Jane Lane, with the song Celebrity Crush. Who's your celebrity crush, Angie? Oh, there's so many. They change all the time. Mm. Who was your young, like when you were young, who was your first celebrity crush? It's probably a cartoon character, honestly, more than a person. Who was your celebrity crush, Gary? I remember, I remember, um, I think it was Hilary Duff. Because I watch Disney Channel a lot, and then like I liked um, Disney McGuire and Cadet Kelly. That's 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 my answer. Wow, very nice. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. You got celebrity crush? Got message us at the spare in the air on the social medias. The weirder, the better. Yes. No, no better that come batches. We allow it. I allow it. Okay, sure. I don't judge. One one person can say Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Yeah, no doubles. If somebody says your celebrity crush, you have to choose a different one. Yes. Or you have to fight to the death. Uh, But instead of fight to the death right now, please enjoy these tunes. And then our interview. You're listening to The Spare. On the air. On. BFF.FM.
Hi there! Hello, friend. You're listening to The Spare on the Air. On the internet. I'm Garrett. And I'm Angie. Oh, and I'm Hunter. <laughs> yes, today we have the very special Hunter Allen of Chase Petra, a local band who's actually been on the show a long, long time ago. Do you remember that fateful day? Oh, man. So long ago. I feel like it was lifetime lifetime it was the first time interview you it was on your old band oh my god that is that was five years ago that person doesn't exist anymore i'm sorry i'm sorry gary (laughs) that was five years ago oh i didn't know it was a different band i think we did one with my my old band and then we did another with this band but when it was like the fetus version yeah it was (laughs) like you're barely it was barely chase petra yeah, it, well, I, don't, I don't even know if I'd call it Chase Petra. It was something else entirely. <laughs> God, that was so long ago. I know. Wow. I think that was when I first met Gary. I, was, I listened to that episode. Yeah. Wow. Well, here we are now, real time. And the funniest thing, of all the times I've worked with you, for, for all the other things we've done, I've never met Evan still. Oh my God, are you serious? Never met Evan. <laughs> that is so weird. Because he played in, I've been playing with him since we were 14, 15 years old. So that is strange. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a disappointment for, for you. Like, you're missing out. <laughs> I'm missing out. <laughs> oh. Well, I am excited to finally meet you, Hunter. And we are so excited to finally have you on the program. And I guess like the best way to start is to ask, when did you start making music as an individual? And then how did you come to form Chase Petra as a trio unit? I started personally making music when I was a kid, like like baby kid. <laughs> um, my dad is a musician. And so when I was in elementary school, uh, I was just kind of following his lead and I would sing songs and write lyrics. And then, you know, because my dad was a musician, I was so lucky, uh, we would kind of, I would write lyrics and melodies and then he would put it to music and so I got to record at a very early age which was super cool um but that basically continued all throughout my life until I reached high school and decided I wanted to start um doing things more on my own and then Evan and I met again when we were like 14 15 uh we were neighborhood friends uh you know you know your neighborhood gang is children um (laughs) and so we met there uh he played drums still does (laughs) and uh brooke we actually met a couple years later we both worked at this hair salon also in the neighborhood um who she used to get her hair done there and it was kind of like a weird like off the cuff kind of like i was on the verge of giving up almost on music just because I was so tired of, of fighting, you know, to, to make this thing happen. And then when my coworker was like, well, I know this, this chick who plays bass, like maybe you guys could play together. And I was like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) And then we ended up playing together and, and the rest is history. What kind of music did your dad like to play for you growing up? Like, do you think that influenced your style now? Yeah, you know, it's funny. He never really, like, forced his own music onto me. He kind of let me discover my own taste. So one of the things that I share with him is Queen. Um, mm. 
because I was watching Ella Enchanted as a child and I saw Anne Hathaway do Somebody to Love and I was like, oh my God, this is the best song ever. And my dad was like, well, I have something to tell you, bud. Um, and so, yeah, usually he would let me kind of like find music through my own avenues and then we would connect. Um, and in that, he he learned music from me too. Like we we both are a huge fan of Panic at the Disco. <laughs> awesome, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, old Panic at the Disco, of course. Like OG, a fever you can't sweat out. Before the car commercials. Before, yes. Before, pre. <laughs> Before the picture on Spotify was just him. Yes. <laughs> I found that. I mean, I was never a huge fan, but I remember like. It used to be like, I don't, were they like a quartet? Were they four people, maybe five? I don't know. But I, it used to be a picture of them. And then all of a sudden it was just Brendan Urie. And I was like, hmm, hmm, telling. I, there was like a bunch of stuff. There was like, because I think Ryan Ross, who was like one of the other big writers for A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Like, yes. I think they, that always felt kind of shady when he left because I was like, Ryan Ross is really talented. What the fuck is happening, Brendan? Like, what do you, why? But then, like, the then it was just him and the drummer. And I don't know. It's too much to keep track of. Too much yeah. to keep track of. Back in the day. And speaking of that, when you were a teen, what <laughs> bands did you go crazy over? What bands did I go crazy over as a teen? Um, well, Panic at the Disco. Uh, Paramore, which who didn't who doesn't love paramore and then all time low was a big one have you guys ever seen their um their straight to dvd documentary no oh my god it's so stupid it's just a bunch of because <laughs> how old they were they were like in their early 20s maybe and it's just a video of a bunch of young dudes running around and cursing and drinking and i just i used to watch that shit and laugh <laughs> I wanted to do it so bad. I wanted to be there. <laughs> yeah, but we're, I haven't done it yet, but we're getting there. I'm working my way towards the the partying on tour. <laughs> <laughs> so since you grew up in like a musical family and we're doing music in high school and stuff, do you pull a lot of like what's happened in like your past to like create music today? Or like, do you like, I know some of our guests are like, oh my gosh, the stuff I made when I was like 13 is so cringe. And then some of them are like, I was amazing. Like, some of them are like, no, it was actually pretty cool. Or like, what's your like kind of like, how gentle would you be to Little Hunter? <laughs> you know, in terms of like the literal music, like the melody and, and things of that nature, I, I would, I would be... I'm pretty proud of myself, I'd say, as a young musician, like, especially with some of the pressures I was facing from outside forces, like, just, mm -hmm. like, the, the male-dominated kind of, like, I didn't know any music theory, and I had a lot of people telling me that I, like, wasn't good enough or I didn't know enough, and so I'd say that I, I want to stand by myself as a young person, but that's only melodically speaking. Lyrically speaking, I would like to punch myself in the head. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember? Have you ever looked back on anything you wrote, you know, in like high school or even middle school and been like, oof? Oh my God, of course. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of any songs specifically that are super oof, but sometimes like, 
I'll pull out a random lyric and just be like, what the, f- what does that even mean? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Oh, yeah, just that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's really, um, have you lived in Long Beach your whole life? So has this always been like your home kind of? I have, yes. I'm born and raised in Long Beach. I would give a million dollars to leave, but also I can't. <laughs> same. That's the same with me. I don't know what it is. It's just it's- like. It's this weird, like, thing, right? Like, it's, like, calling your name. I, yeah. No, I'm, like, I want to, honestly, I want to move to the Pacific Northwest, kind of, because, like, I'm, I want trees. I want trees, mm-hmm. weather, because I've never had those things. <laughs> but also, it's just, like, my family's here. My friends are here. My, like, my band is here. How the fuck am I supposed to up and leave, you know? Ugh, yeah. So hard. I would say as somebody who's moved continuously throughout my life, though, that I definitely think it is fun to try out a new place. Yeah. I would say this by far has the best sense of community and, like, access to opportunities and people and stuff. Because I would definitely encourage anybody to, like, you know, move a couple times in their life. uh, Because, you know, not everybody probably shares the values I want. But I would warn you both (laughs) that this is probably... (laughs) a much better area than 99% of the country. That's crazy. I mean, I haven't lived everywhere, but you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I, glad you say that because I do, I think, take this place for granted sometimes because I can get a little like, oh, like, fuck, I've been here for so long. But that's normal. Yeah, that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the thing too is most people are from nowhere and then they move here for opportunities, but it's weird because we're here our whole lives. Yeah. So, and like, we were like, oh, we want to get out, but I'm like, we're already here. We're in. Yeah, this is we're it. already here. I would like to move somewhere with no opportunities <laughs> for a change. Yeah, I think the best thing is like, if you ever get an opportunity for like contract work, it's like, you can go somewhere for six months to a year. Um, Take that. So that way, like, you're not like, you know, tied down to an area but you can at least experience it and then you can be like hmm you know I love to be in other places or like oh my gosh thank god this was temporary yeah true yeah that was the one thing I never went to I went to Long Beach City College and then I went to Cal State and that was the one thing that I was like when my friends you know went away to college where I'm like god that would have been cool but also I would have been in so much debt and I'm not Uh, and I'm not so Hey, answer. Me too. Nice. Yes. It's so weird because, like, yeah, because we we met at Long Beach City College in like a comm class, what, oh like God. six debate. years ago. We had debates. Yeah. Wow. That's we were on a team together. I forgot. Yeah. What was your major? Blast from the past. Um, my major was history. Very cool. History major. I honestly, I loved it. Um, and I was gonna get my teaching credential. And I started, but then I was just like, I'm not ready to commit to five days a week. Because when you're a teacher, you know, you get you yeah. your whole life to your students. And I just like, I was 22 and I was just like, I'm not ready to do this yet. Like, yeah. Yeah. I have some friends who are teachers too. And I'm like, and like, and sometimes they like share like privately, like what goes on. And I'm like, oh my God, these are wild. Like not like bad wild, but like, They'll be like, or they'll be like, hey, Mr. Smith, do you want to see my drawing? And like, of course, you're like, oh, yes, yeah, Susie. And it's like a furry and you have to be like, okay. <laughs> you have to be like, how do they know? Like, yeah, I won't say which friend it is um, to protect their job security. 
but they were I was like so like what's it like you know being a teacher you know they're teaching like fourth grade or whatever and they were like yeah it's pretty cool um one of my students though came up to me and was like want to see my drawing and I was trying to be supportive and said yeah and it was a full-blown furry I'm like oh do you mean like an animal with like you're like no like a, I was like well kids draw you know like Peter Rub and he's like no like a like a <laughs> and I was like Oh, well, I don't know. (laughs) All of the challenges as a teacher, though, that is, like, gotta be on the funnier side. I'm worried about the, like, because I want to teach high school, you know? Mm. Teachers are fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like, I had had to uh, observe some classrooms, and oh my god, the, the, the children are just, like, trying to figure out how to be adults, and, but... Teenagers are so complicated and they need so much care. And I'm just like, I'm still a child. I can't, I can't make sure that you're doing okay and learning because I'm currently losing my shit. Like, <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And I mean, yeah, I remember asking, I was like, well, you're in a bit of a pickle because if you admit, you know what that is. You're making yourself <laughs> seem a little sus. Who doesn't know <laughs> what a furry is, though? Who's never seen a furry? Liars. <laughs> I mean, I I suspect eight-year-olds probably wouldn't, but I guess they do. I guess so. I mean, if you have access to the internet, if you think about how I mean, maybe they just saw a picture of a furry. And yeah, said, hopefully it was like a just a very PG. I mean, right, right now it's like the we're in the prime of like animal content. Animal content. Animal. <laughs> Zootopia, all these like animal-related oh, no. things. Like back then, what what what, what did we kind of like Space Jam and like. Like little bunny and all that stuff. Now it's like prime time. What's Everything. that? Anti- There's an anti-capitalist movie about ants. It's literally called Ants, isn't it? Yes. 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 Or a Bug's Life. <laughs> it could be one of them. Bug's Life. Yes, both of those. That that was my animal content. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. We watch Lion King. Oh yeah. Maybe that's what happened. But now that's- everything's like all hyper-realistic and kind of creepy. No. Also, I want to know though, like how how good of an artist is that fourth grader that they like drew a furry and it was like clearly a furry. Yeah, like, I, I want to know too. I'm very curious. <laughs> I guess I uh, I don't think we'll ever know though, due to what, whatever the HIPAA version is for child yeah. children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh no! Now I'm worried. <laughs> I know. I I still think about it, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to switch gears a little bit, um, what were some of the first venues and places you played at um, where you felt really comfortable as a musician? And then if you can think back, who were some of the first people you were playing alongside with who made you feel really comfortable on stage and, like, you know, motivated and inspired? Interesting. Um, so one of the first places I played, like, a full show, like, a full set was probably, like, 30 minutes Maybe 45 was Deep Piazzas, which is in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that's a place that my family has been going since I was a kid. Like, it just, it definitely feels like a part of, I don't know, my my life. Like, it's mm-hmm. just an inarguable fact. It's under new ownership now, and I haven't been there since then, obviously, because, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. So I don't know what the vibe is now, but yeah, that was one of the first places that I really found my footing um, I also just my high school that I went to, I was in the arts program and my teachers, there were incredibly supportive and they always, uh, took care of this. Why, why do I keep talking about high school? Oh my God. <laughs> um, 
But no, they, it was, you know, they used to have this thing called Art Fest. And that was a place where I truly started to feel worthy as a musician, I guess. Um, or like, like my efforts were like appreciated and that I could connect with people. Um, and then people that I played with. Oh, I can't think of most of the bands that we used to play with back then dissolved. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But... I mean, Evan, of course, just as a band member, somebody that I've been playing with my whole life, and and that guy's just like my rock. He just like one of my best friends. He's family to me till till death. You know, are we friends or whatever the fuck? <laughs> but he he's always yeah made me feel very comfortable and like what I was doing was you know important important enough that that we bothered doing it. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's so sweet. I don't think we've ever had anybody say, like, my own bandmates make me feel really comfortable on stage. That's really sweet and awesome to hear. Oh my gosh, yeah, no, that's... It's... I don't know how I could do any of the... Because they're my best friends, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I've often wondered, like, if I didn't... If I didn't have them... I mean, if I weren't doing this with my friends, what the fuck would the point be? Like... Yeah, it, it's not it's not fun <laughs> without people you love. So, yeah, exactly. And Hunter, what would you say would be your all-time favorite gig memory? Favorite gig memory. Um. Okay. So February twenty twenty, literally a month before the pandemic hit, we played at the Smell, and it was so fucking cool it was the best show and i feel like it's because part of the reason is it's like one of the only underage venues in um la i think and so kids just show up and they're just ready to they just want to dance you know what mm-hmm. i mean and so to see that kind of energy uh oh god it's just so fulfilling but one of the things that happened which in retrospect is kind of terrible because the pandemic literally happened a month later but somebody in the audience was like spit on me and so i took a you know a mouthful of water and i like sprayed it i didn't spit it but i like sprayed Mm -hmm. it in the crowd which at the time was like this is so punk (laughs) yeah 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 i was like this is so cool this is fun like and i like the the people had literally asked for it so like it wasn't like i was like spitting at people being a dick it was like a very weird connected to the audience kind of moment yeah a a month later i'm like ooh, that wasn't great (laughs) (laughs) um fingers crossed nobody got sick so yeah that but that's probably yeah one of my favorite gig moments even though in retrospect not not smart (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of things now i'm sure once like we get back to the way things were we'll realize oh my god that's so unhygienic i'm sure i think a lot of especially two probably children are going to be really traumatized and grow up to be germaphobes for the rest of their lives after going through this that could be true but honestly yeah some of the shit we used to do is like what the fuck like just like sharing water bottles and and like bands using the same mic and nobody cleaning it like uh Mm because i I would notice that too i noticed some people would be like you know like a good like four or five inches from the mic and then some people are like full on like like this close to the mic and it's like yeah. oh it's like <laughs> guilty as charged i do <laughs> do sing up on that mic 
I, 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 I don't know. I'm not a musician, so I shouldn't judge. But sometimes I'm like, oh, the taste of the metal must be disturbing. It, it depends. If it's a clean mic, it's not so bad. But yeah, sometimes I have, I've smelled a smelly mic. Ew. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uncool. <laughs> I never even thought about the fact that they probably don't wipe those down between sets. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw somebody do it. I thought I saw a, a tech, tech guy do it one time and I was like, wow, you are on your shit. Like mm-hmm. you are the real deal. But most of the time, no, I don't think they do it. Yeah, I'm sure now, post-COVID, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm, look, I'm better." My, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing my own. I'm bringing my own mic. Like, fuck yeah. using somebody else's. Yeah, everybody's gonna just have wet wipes for the rest of their life oh, in your yeah. back pocket at all times. Constantly. Safety first. Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> so, since gigs have completely gone by the wayside in COVID, you, though, and your bandmates have been doing several live streams this year, outdoors, um, in venues, and for a variety of organizations like Echo Park Rising and Fight Abuse Fest, some of the more recent ones. What would you say are the pros and the cons of, like, live stream performances? Like, what would you kind of recommend to somebody who, you know, what would you, you know, what are the pros and cons? What would you pass on to a fellow musician for if they're preparing for one? I mean, it's pro. if you've been asking other musicians this question, you're probably going to get the same answer from me is like, it's hard without an audience, like to, to keep up the same kind of energy that you do at a show where there are people. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, it's kind of a feedback loop at a normal show where you give energy, crowd gives energy, you know, back and forth. But when you're doing a live stream where there's nobody there, it's a little bit more like, it's just you, man. <laughs> like, you know, you got to be ready to go. And then when we did our live streams, we also wore masks for them, which introduces this whole other level of like, you know, obviously breathing is not hard in a mask, but when you're you know, singing and you're taking the large breaths and you're sucking your mask in your mouth and it's hot, like, it does get a little bit more like, oh, this is kind of difficult. <laughs> Definitely. My best advice is, yeah, just to steal yourself, just to to be prepared to fucking play through it, your set and play through it well and kind of forget everything you know about what a normal set is supposed to look like. Definitely. But we did, yeah, we did a couple and and then we did choose to stop accepting those offers just because it did get a lot worse in LA. So we, we stopped practicing. We haven't, yeah, we don't, we haven't really been doing anything mm-hmm. <laughs> just because it, it did get really bad here for a second. But yeah, the, the, the live streams, they can be tough. Yeah, definitely. In a way, though, I hope they don't completely evaporate after this is all over because, like, every once in a while, it would be cool, you know, for people who can't ever make it to venues due to accessibility or who live, like, in other countries and, like, you're not, you know, you don't, like, have the finances yet to tour in those other countries, like, to put stuff out like that, you know, because I feel like maybe Audio Tree monopol like, they're awesome, but I think maybe they monopolize a bit that, like, right, and that could be a way for venues to make you know, some extra cash to, like, help catch up. Definitely, yeah. No, I, I'm re- I realize now I sound a little bit ungrateful. No, uh, no, 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 no. I was just, I just, I just am manifesting it into the... Into reality. Know. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's still, it, to be able to play shows at all in the middle of what's been happening is, oh, it's so, it's, you know, it's lucky, it's fucking, you know, but yeah, I hope, 
I'm excited for the way it's going to develop too, because it can only live streams can only get better. Yeah. You know, like just like the production and how you know people just getting more involved online, that technology will get better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I think the issue is it got so oversaturated. I would say like this time last year. Oh yeah. Everybody was like, "We'll just replace all our shows online." And it's like, yeah. Mm. It takes time and like energy for that. Yeah. Way more, way more of a production, honestly. Like, there's so many details that that go into that, and especially for yeah, the people who have to film it, edit it, fucking do yeah. sound for it, like mm-hmm. process. Definitely. Just like this show. <laughs> this show. <laughs> well, we are having a blast, but we're gonna take a quick break to listen to some tunes, and we will be back with Hunter from Chase Petra. On the spare. On the air. Thanks for listening to the first half of our interview with Chase Petra. We got a bucket tunes. What are they, Gary? We got Super Sane by Slugs. A single. And then we have another single from Charlie Bell. What about me? Yes. And then we got UBI by Walter Etc. Another single. Singles on singles on singles. You gotta get your ones ready. It's like The Bachelor in here. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll be right back. On the spare, on the air, on... BFF.FM Yeah. It's been a weird year. One was born and one died. I got reasons to be happy and I got reasons to cry. I was in a downward dark. It always catches me off guard. Sobbing at the thought of you, a little memory, single short, and it cuts. And I bleed, and I start laughing at the stream. Drips down my cheek, onto my tongue. I'm feeling weak, I'm feeling
Good pal Hunter from Chase Petra. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> and to get the ball rolling, we're upset about the cancellation of the absolutely stacked lineup of Chase Petra, The Groans, Pony Mouth, and Sir Baby Girl. Oh my god. What's your dream post pandemic lineup to be a part of? That lineup? <laughs> it, really, it really was. It was, it was we a St. Patty's Day show too. It was. It was honestly, we were so excited for that. Just like, what a, what a fucking lineup. Oh, that venue doesn't even exist anymore. It shut down because of the pandemic. The hi hat. Yep. I thought it was always like going through like, uh, what's that called? Like, limbo of ownership. But I thought, is it like gone uh, gone? Now? It's yeah. That's why Bell's <gasps> moved as well. Remember the whole? It's it was it was the owners and. It was weird. Yeah. I remember Gre- our friend Greg of Cheek Bay said that like it was like not under ownership for like even when people were still playing there, it was like for sale. So yeah, it fine. wasn't like just the pandemic. Oh, uh, it that was probably the nail in the coffin though. Yeah, absolutely. But fuck yeah, that lineup would have been great. I can't. There's a lot of bands. There's a lot of bands like local bands that I already love playing with. Like. 
We love Cherry Domingo, Forever Emerald, It's Butter. Like those are the people that we play with a lot. Broken Baby. Um, but who else? I don't know. I want. I, I, I want to shoot for the stars. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to play with. I want to play with the front bottoms. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. so rad. Yeah, we're talking about like I can see that. dream dreams. Yeah, I want to play with the front bottoms. I want to play with. Oh my god, our genres don't even—they do not match well at all. But meet me at the altar is. I think they would match, top, sort of. That's, sort they don't of. They have to yeah, be identical. They're, they're pretty. They're like hev- more heavy pop punk. Like they lean more heavily pop punk than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, I just think they're so fucking cool. <laughs> they are pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just want to play shows. I don't. I mean, I, I care who with, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but I yeah, I'm just ready to ready to get back to it. No, I completely understand. Yeah. What song from your repertoire would you say though is your favorite to perform? Like, do you have a song that you're like always just get so pumped to include in your set? Um, favorite song to perform. That's hard, especially because I haven't performed them in so long. Mm-hmm. Um, probably I really enjoy uh, performing in an emergency such as the end of the world. That is one of my out of liminal. That's one of my favorite songs, just because like I feel like it's the most dancey. And my favorite part I think about live shows is being able to interact with the audience and like dance with them. Yeah, kind of like get the energy going, and in that song especially in the chorus there's just a place where people can kind of like yell together so yeah i'd say probably that one awesome yeah are there any songs that you've yet to cover that you desperately want to desperately want to i feel like i've been covering so many songs lately i do love like i would love to cover an abba song or a queen song but i cannot cannot play guitar <laughs> like like uh the members of either abba or queen so i don't i have no idea how we would do it but yeah like sos by abba would be phenomenal i think it's one of the best songs ever written <laughs> awesome i've gotten to abba this year i've never knew very much about them but this year actually which was my next question there's a lot of music i've learned about this year due to tiktok and a lot of artists this year have really taken advantage of using the platform to promote their music mm-hmm. and i remember just scrolling on there one day and you popped up and i was like wow so cool because like at the time that uh that tiktok had how many it was like oh, way over like three like between like 100k what's that called a hundred thousand yeah <laughs> what's that called <laughs> i got my numbers and like 300,000 i was like whoa so cool and like i remember too like you kept popping up on my feed and it was really cool because like that means if you're popping up on mine you're definitely popping up on others people so like <laughs> what's your experience been like putting out like you know like your music on there and like covers and like what has been using the platform been like for you like do you consider it a really great tool do you like it just to like goof around and like or do you or maybe do you feel like i kind of have to use this in the modern times like what's your take on it you know i'm i'm it's definitely been a roller coaster <laughs> um and I'm still kind of grappling with how best to 
use it and not let it use me. <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? That's a good phrase. Yeah. Um, so when it first happened, it was like, holy shit. Like, what is happening? Like, the number of, of comments and just, like, the constant influx on TikTok was, like, an inundation of serotonin. Like, it was, like, it was wild. Um, and what it did to our numbers on Spotify, like nothing has ever, ever, uh, gotten us this kind of exposure before. Um, and so for that, I am forever grateful. Uh, it also kind of returned a confidence to me personally, because there was a, you know, I've struggled in the past with insecurities, insecurities, um, just about music and feeling like, you know, we needed gimmicks or, or we weren't, our songs weren't inherently entertaining enough, you know, and the fact that I was able to go on TikTok and just whip out an acoustic guitar and perform the songs at their, you know, bassist levels was, you know, it was weird that people paid attention, that people cared. Like, it was so shocking. <laughs> um, and so that really returned a lot of confidence to me as a, as a songwriter and, and a musician um but then as time passes it's weird because you know with the algorithm you never know what's going to happen so you know your views go up your views go down your views go up your views go down and yeah yeah so I'm I'm kind of grappling now with you know I'm trying I would like it to be fun I would like to use it as a tool that's why I actually have taken some time I haven't posted in probably over a week now just because I was like you know I need a moment to kind of like recalibrate and adjust because you know there's nothing I had to recognize that you know there's nothing I can do to control whether or not people see the things that I post about I cannot control whether or not people want to listen to the music that I make. All I can do is is stick to what I've always done and write music that I care about and you know express my feelings and make art and if people want to listen that's so fucking awesome. But also like I'm I'm trying not to become too attached to um the the validation and all of that. <laughs> No, yeah, definitely. It's wild though. I just checked on your um TikTok. You have one hundred and seventy-two thousand followers, <laughs> which is wild. Like it's so, and I'm sure like one day you woke up and like you're like, oh my god, you looked at the number and you're like, ah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I honestly, I still don't understand. <laughs> I truly don't get it, but I appreciate it so much. <laughs> do you? Can you think of any like? Do you look at the comments? I know some people like absolutely do not look at comments no matter what platform they're on simply because people can be not only cruel but just weird have you like what's like would you say like the funniest or like most wild comment if you look at them that you've seen so far um yeah i do i do read a lot of the comments and actually people have been very kind on tiktok Good, yeah yeah of course you run into some kind of people that are like stop and it's like okay keyboard warrior like yeah <laughs> Um, but no, that, that stuff's just kind of funny for, uh, God, I've gotten a lot of funny comments. I can't, a lot of people, um, they were telling me, they would say shit where like, I was going to take, um, Patrick Stump's place in Fall Out Boy, or I was going to take 
Brian's place in in the front bottoms. Like they would make jokes about that. A lot of people have made jokes about me being uh oh my god, what's her name? That girl from Heathers, the girl who's in the musical. Um Oh, interesting. Yeah, so just kind of stuff like that. I can't think of anything like right off the dome other than like lots of funny comparisons and a couple of marriage proposals. <laughs> oh. <Aww. laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's all that really comes to mind right now. That's why. Oh, it's it's really cool though. I I'm scrolling through and people are very 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 sweet. They are. It honestly it was shocking like the amount of people that were, were commenting and I was like, I thought that people were meaner than this, but they're not. Yeah. It, it did, it restored a little bit of, yeah, I just, I think people are, are generally kind and overall want to be, at least I hope. And my TikTok I think has reflected that to me a bit. The algorithm is working. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No, it's really nice though because like it goes to show that like, you know, during this time, like if you have a space where you can play guitar and practice it and post those videos on TikTok, like you can gain a whole new followership that was like, you know, you know, cause it, it, it like, it's, it's pretty like wild and random, like what pops up on your feet sometimes. And like oh, yeah. a lot of times it's really awesome, inspiring stuff. So like, I encourage like, if people have the um, energy for it to like test that as a platform, because you never know, you could get a million views overnight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, why would you not try it? Yeah. You know, like you might as well give it a go. And even if you don't, even if you're not comfortable posting your own stuff on it, I've, I mean, you can get introduced to all kinds of stuff. I've ended up, you know, stumbling upon a bunch of amazing musicians on TikTok. So why not? Absolutely. And Hunter, mm-hmm. what can you tell us about the upcoming second album? The upcoming second album, the upcoming second album, we have been working on on and off for probably the entirety of this pandemic, I suppose, um, which means it's gonna be a strange mixed bag because, <laughs> you know, we've recorded demos, we've had to stop practicing for a couple months because we couldn't see each other. So it's, it's, I'm really excited, but it's definitely gonna be, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna be. It's, we're, we're definitely taking a step in towards, um, I don't know. We we want to redefine our sound a little bit, you know, as most musicians do when they release a whole new, you know, work. But we want to get a bit more in touch with simplicity and mm-hmm. being careful with the way that we arrange things so that you know, we we felt that liminal liminal was a lot. Liminal happened Everything happened all the time, all at once, you know what I mean? And we're really proud of it, but we we want to step away from that a little bit and make it a bit more bare bones, I suppose I could say. That's awesome though. I think too, yeah. sometimes simplicity is one of the hardest things to achieve. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially once you start, like once you've been doing it for a certain amount of time, you, you just get caught up in the like, well, what? What can I physically do? What am I capable of? And it's like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> like, the point isn't like proving that you can do a sick lick, bro. Like, the point is doing what the song deserves and what the song calls for. And so 
we're trying to to be more wary of that. Exactly. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. And yeah. I wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah. And then we were curious if there's who you've been listening to during quarantine or like who you miss playing with. I know you've alluded to some folks already, but just anybody like you've discovered during quarantine that you'd love, that you're loving listening to or love to play with once everything's over. Like what's been kind of on the personal playlist? Yeah, I'm I'm straight up I'm pulling up my Spotify right now. <laughs> I, okay, so, so speaking of artists on TikTok, Rachel Jenkins, amazing. Um, she just released her first song ever. She just got signed and she released a song called Untitled that's amazing. Um, I've also been listening to, I've been listening to Lake Street Dive's last album. I've also been listening to an uncharacteristic amount of Britney Spears. <laughs> awesome. I, we love Britney. And what have I been listening to? I haven't. I guess I haven't been listening to new stuff. I've just been like shuffling all my old junk. Uh, I did listen to the last album Taylor Swift put out and I actually really liked it. Not a huge, not a huge Swifty, but I was into that. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I got, yeah, I got a bit more into some of the old pop punk jams that I used to listen to like I don't know, all-time low and all that jazz, so that's about it. Awesome, awesome. And then I think Gary has the most important question for the entire interview to ask next. Yes, you answered this before, but I don't remember. What is your perfect bagel? Oh, a perfect... Who doesn't love a bagel? Okay, right now... I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to say my perfect bagel is going to be an everything bagel with cream cheese, salmon, and capers. That is lovely. That's, ugh, yeah. I'm sticking to it. Very, very (laughs) nice. And then as we wind everything down, I have three questions to kind of play us out. The first of which is... Are you or your band members working on any other artistic projects you'd like to plug at this point? Um, I I focus all my energy into Chase Petra. Uh, Evan actually is working on some uh, like personal stuff, oh, but I'm totally forgetting what he even calls it. I'm horrible. I'm a terrible bandmate. Oh my god, hold on. <laughs> okay, he literally just lists it under Evan Shade and he released in 2019 you released an EP that's called question mark this is fun oh <laughs> glad um, and he, he is working on another EP and he's honestly such a talented musician um, and then not that she technically needs plugging but Brooke is also in a band called The Regrets and they're doing pretty well and, and definitely, <laughs> definitely worth a listen to <laughs> awesome and yeah. then what would you say are the goals at this time for Chase Petra, if you have any, and it's okay to not have any if you just want to chill out. The goals right now, yeah, it's just to get back to practicing and start enjoying each other's company again. Um, and then throughout that process, we can hopefully get that album done as soon as possible. And then, of course, world domination is next on the list. <laughs> nice. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. And yeah. then finally, 
tell us where everybody can find y'all, where everybody can stream the music, where everybody can see those good, good TikToks. Hell yeah, you can find us anywhere, basically. For Chase Petra, uh, that would be Chase Petra Music on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I wouldn't recommend using Facebook unless you're 40. Uh, um, we have our music up on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music. I think it's even on SoundCloud. <laughs> um, and then for the TikTok, you're going to want to look for me. And that would be that hunter chick on TikTok. Awesome. Yeah. And your album Liminal came out in 2019. And it is available to stream where good music is made and sold and streamed. Even title. <laughs> Even title. Even even title. Title. Is it? I think I get. I well, what is title? <laughs> it's the one Jay Z owns, where Beyonce's music was only available for a very long time. And Taylor so, Swift's music was there for exclusive there for a while too. So yeah. Weird. So strange. Okay, it might be on title. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? No, it's okay. It's the same thing when we ask our guests if they have people who do the... It's a recurring joke. Oh, okay. um, What's that called? <laughs> Distribution. They're all like, I don't know. Somebody else does that. We just, we just send them the we, files. Yeah, we just send them the music. Whether or not Jay-Z accepts, who's to say? <laughs> yeah. He might be a fan. You don't know. I, I would, I'm willing to bet Jay-Z is really into Chase Petra. <laughs> I think that would be absolutely wild if like some like like just like really really famous person like Beyonce or Jay-Z or like somebody just really random like Steve Buscemi like showed up at like somebody's like indie show. Oh my like, god. The smell or something. Steve Buscemi? Did you say Steve Buscemi? Yeah, I feel like he would I feel like he's the most likely. Yeah. Uh, we I, you know I believe that. I would love to see Steve Buscemi at a show and I would like a plug. Steve, if you're listening. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I was ever like a famous person I would definitely just be like very random and like put random Spotify like or Bandcamp links on my social media constantly oh my god because you, you could change lives and it would oh, yeah. be for just nothing you would be yeah. off <laughs> not even like a brand you just random hey this shit rocks this shit rocks <laughs> just like John Mulaney just being like this is good <laughs> there's like good. a picture of like your album oh my god jo- oh, Johnny boy I Come on, Mulaney. Come on, Mulaney. Stop listening to only, steamy, <laughs> only Steely Dan. <laughs> Listen to something else. Listen oh. to our show. We play amazing tunes from amazing people. Yes. <laughs> that was a good plug. <laughs> <laughs> Very, yes. <laughs> but anyway, we thank you so, so much for chatting with us. Thanks for being a longtime pal of the show. And we wish you... And we'll bandmates the absolute best moving forward. Thank you yeah. so much, and ditto. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening to The Spare. On the air. We got some more tunes and two songs performed by Hunter. Stay tuned. Get your vaccine if you can. Get it. <laughs> Get that chip. Get that juice. Get, Get that, that good, good juice. Juice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. And that concludes our interview 
with Hunter of Chase Petra. And we got some tunes before we go into a performance segment from Hunter. What do we got, Gary? We got something by Moaning Lisa. A recent single. And then we're going into a pick from Hunter from the band Broken Baby, the song titled It's My Show from their self-titled album. Hey, OG. This is, it's our show. It is. It is. And then we transition from something to nothing with the song Nothing by Church Girls from their 2020 album, The Haunt. Honestly, the album slaps. Very, very good. When I found it out last year, I was like, it's so good. Yeah. And after this block of tunes, we have two performance songs from Hunter, the first of which is Suits and then Prologue. Thank you for listening to Despair on the Air on BFF.FM.
25 an hour hasn't cut it yet and that said it's been real nice working with you but i truly take issue with nearly all that you do Came from your daddy's stocks <clears throat> And I could cry a world's worth of tears For every single wasted year You sat behind your golden walls And let good people fall For the day kindness became A failure hit a rig game Had inclination of the week And that's your fucking fall, you see
And that concludes our episode of Hunter from Chase Petra. We learned a lot. We have fun. We brought up some good old memories. Yeah, it was it was a good time catching up because I have not seen Hunter in two years. And it's been a while since we talked to someone local. Yeah. And we got two tracks to play us out. We got. Would you mind please pulling me close? By Tasha. A recent single, and then we're finishing off with a pick from Hunter, from just their alumni, Rat Tally. The song is Rock of Gibraltar. Yes, Rat Tally is blowing it up on the Spotify playlist. You gotta check them out. We played them first before Spotify even noticed them. Ooh. You gotta, I'm calling you out, Spotify, even though we're on the show is also on Spotify. I challenge you to a Mario Kart 8 battle. Very, very, very cool. Did you know that the Rock of of Gibraltar, I'm not a good, is actually a British overseas territory on the tip of Spain? I did not know that, Angie. It's, if you look on the map, it is at the very end of Spain, at the bottom of Spain, uh, where it almost touches Morocco. And it's very small. But the British own it, which is kind of lame because, like, it's a part. It's like, right? It's, it's like if I, if you owned your house, scary. And then I said, I own this rug, or even let, or like, if I said, I own this mug. This mug is my property, and it's like, it should just be yours. It lives in your house. I don't live in your house. If I was like a rando, and I was like, hmm, I own this mug. Just let Spain have it back. Just give it to them. It's just give it to them. I really hope there's not a big controversy about the Rock of Gibraltar. If there is, and you got any hot takes, please send them over to us at the Spare on the Air on our social medias or our email located on the BFFFM website. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening, and we will be back next week with another great episode. But guess what? We only have a couple left of the spring season. Time sure flies. It really does fly. And if you want to fly please stay tuned and listen to these tunes see you later see you later alligator